it's what we strive to to be better each day and especially if we can make people around us feel more comfortable more relaxed yeah. it's ripple like a you know a rock in a pond this is glenn murphy with nc sistema and this is sistema for life Jeff Shearer, my brother from another mother. How are you? Hey, I'm doing wonderful, Glenn. It's so great, great to be here, man. Yeah, I'm really glad to get you on here. It's uh, not, not least because it's always just great to talk to you and see your face anyway. But um, yeah, it's, it's been a wee while. I managed not, not to do this really while you were even local. I had to wait till you moved out west to Arizona before. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm out here in the Valley of the Sun out here in the uh, western part of Phoenix. So yeah, it's, it's still mighty warm here. But yep. I can imagine so. Yeah, it's probably not going to be dropping off until, what, December? Something like that. It drops below the hundreds in December there, doesn't it? Or something? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's going to start getting there hopefully next week. But uh, it's, it's amazing. You got, it, living in North Carolina, it was like living in a sauna. Out here, it's like living in an oven. So it's just different. Yeah. So you know, the dry sauna instead of the wet sauna. It's, it is banya. It's good. It's like banya. It's, it's very, yes. Exactly. It's banya all the, all the time. Yes. 24 sure. hour banya. Nice. <laughs> just go right. whip, whip people in the streets with cypress branches for no reason. It just really confuse right. them why, why they feel better. Yeah, that's right. And it's funny because when I brought the whip out to the students when we were training in person, they kind of looked at me like, what are we going to be doing? It's like, yeah, it's all good. Just trust me. Love I've it. always said there's a there's no 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 me in Sistema, but there's an S and M if you look hard enough. So <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. I love it. Yep. So so before we go too far astray, as we already have, uh, can you tell folks a little bit about uh, who you are, how you got into Sistema, and and what you do for a living when you're not punching people in the face? Absolutely, yeah, I would love to. Uh, my name is Jeff Shear, and um, I am a, a Sistema instructor out here in Arizona. But uh, I got my starts in Sistema actually through um, my wife, Carol, who, when we first met, um, I was probably a more balanced person. So but juggling the professional life better than I do or did when I actually met you, Glenn, and started training in Sistema. Mm. Um, it, as most people who try to be very good at something, you kind of dive into it and you almost get obsessive about it. And with work, um, Carol had recognized in my prior, um, prior to being married to her, she noticed, you know, hey, he's a martial artist, he likes doing different things. But as I got married and got into the career aspects of things, then I stopped being balanced, I was too focused on work. And so she recognized like, hey, you need to do something for yourself to deal with stress. Mm. So what would, what is it you'd like to do? And I said, you know, if I get back into something, I'm going to get back into martial arts. I had done some Dillman style stuff. I had done some karate stuff. And so luckily. Dill, Dillman being Kempo karate, right? Kempo yes, like pressure it, point stuff. Exactly. Yes. So I had done that for about five years. He, there was a school in Fremont, Ohio, and I spent about five years doing that. And it was when Dillman was first writing his book. So he hadn't published his first book on pressure points and, and, um, how to do the whole, you know, three, three pressure points, four pressure points, five pressure point techniques. And so, mm. um, he was actually, he would come, um, from Pennsylvania over to Fremont and we would have seminars, but his practitioners would practice on us and give him the feedback of, you know, where pressure points are and how they affect the body. And so anyway, mm. um, 
it was uh, a good education, but I, I realized pretty quickly that it wasn't quite my style for my body. But anyway, it, it, it allowed me to scratch the itch of being a martial artist. I had always wanted to be a martial artist since I was a child. I saw on our black and white TV of a small Asian man flipping these great big American people around. And I had told my dad, I was like, hey, you know, I really want to do that. And we were fairly poor. And he says, you know, why don't you just lift weights? <laughs> and so hmm. uh, when I was carrying papers and doing, get a little extra money, I would ride my bicycle over to do karate lessons. And so anyway, I had a long, long interest in it. And so fast forward to not balancing my life very well, Carol was smart enough to say, you should, you should do something for yourself because all you do is work. Mm -hmm. And as luck would have it and the Lord's guiding hand, you were around the corner. So you were teaching at Scott's place, Scott Switchhouse place. So I never trained with you in your revolution self-defense. Yeah. Revolution self-defense. That's right. And so I was one of your pretty regular people. I would show up every chance I could because I, oh, yeah. I got you. Were, you were uh, how cool. <laughs> hardcore. I, every time you were having lessons, I would try to show up. And, and it was very different training with you first day. I remember signing up with you. Um, I got to train with you. First of all, let's start with that. There was no rank and files of like, you go work with the green belts or you go work with the blue belts, you do whatever. We were all working together. Yeah, And that was unusual was to not have classes and ranks and of people who, you know, you stay over there and do push-ups, or you come over here and let us hit you for a while. Yeah. And it's inclusive. I, We're like, all right, well, everybody come over here and do push-ups forever. And then we'll all hit each other. Right. That's the way it is. So, exactly. Yeah, it's very exactly. egalitarian. So. It, it is very much that. And so in first class, I said, Hey, how do I sign up? You looked at me, he said, you sure you don't want to keep trying? I'm like, Nope, I'm in. And I just knew from first class and the way that you taught, um, one of our friends, Brian John says, you know, Glenn cares about our training more than we do. And it was just kind of oozing from you that you were constantly training you uh, at the time you were bringing like uh, Brandon Summerfield down in his group. Um, you had brought special talents in, you would, you know, recruited Wheeler to come in and train. And we trained with, um, the guy on the Discovery Channel, um, Max Franz, or no, it was the all oh, the Green Beret guy, the other Green Beret guy. Anyway, oh, it's Brandon, right? Brandon, Summerfield. Brandon, and then there was a guy who has a TV show. Um, sorry, I'm kind of uh, messing that up. Anyway, okay, uh, we we ended up training with some very talented people, and because of your kind of guidance and leadership, people wanted to come and train, and it was everybody was learning. Um, you know, Vladimir was able to come into the States and, and you, I'm going to say, coached us to go right to the source. And we went to Toronto and it was, it is, and, and was just a wonderful time, but it goes back to having the family balance of understanding when you're being, you know, a slave to a habit called work, constantly working and not really doing for yourself to make yourself a better husband and son and and uh, father and just all you know all those check marks of people that we should be and we're not and hmm. Sistema kind of gives us that self introflection of saying am I being the kind of person I really need to be hmm. and it really does equip you with dealing with pretty stressful situations so yeah 
So you felt yeah. like it was it was more, even though you got things from other martial arts, like you like the idea of being the tough guy on the TV screen and having the ability to <laughs> kick ass and defend yourself and things like that. Because, well, I mean, not to belabor this point, because we talk about it a lot on the podcast across different things, but people get into Sistema for different reasons. And sometimes those are reasons, often those reasons evolve over time, right? And a common one is that people start because they feel in some way there's some deficit in their ability to protect themselves. They're like, either they did a mar- another martial art and they don't quite trust it. They're like, I'm going to go and do this thing because it seems quite real and solid. Or they um, have never trained before and they didn't like their experience of training some other martial arts where they were like, where they're getting pushed towards competition or pushed towards kind of just brutality for no reason. And, you know, or just kind of getting railroaded by the instructor and, and, you know, it being more about discipline and keeping you in your place than it is about learning things. Right. So lots of different reasons why people kind of filter their way to us, I think. But often the reason people stay is not because they want to keep doing this ultimate martial art. It's because they realize it's not just a martial art right? and martial art is about 5% of it. And the other 95% is this kind of aspirational way of being like this, operating system that helps you to improve at all things right and it's, it sounds almost cultish when you talk about it that way and you don't yes. want to go on about it too long because you sound like the crossfit guy or the vegan or something <laughs> you know but people will be like yeah 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 i'm sure your cult is the best cult right but it's a right. but no it really is it's great there's push-ups and all good no but it's um but th- this that's what struck me about it as well I, I think i got involved for pretty selfish reasons just wanting to augment my other martial arts skills and then i realized there was something a lot bigger than martial arts skills and actually a lot bigger than me here there was me and my aspirations it was it was about wow this is a system for making humans better humans you know um and and i think definitely it's while it might not make everybody immediately like the best human they can be it will take the bits of humanity that you have that are not at their best and shove them right in your face and be like look Look at that. That's the kind yeah. of asshole you are. Do you know I mean? <laughs> and then yeah. you're forced to kind of face it. And then from that point, you can make a decision to run away from it, to ignore right. it, to suppress it, or you can face it. And then it gives you skills to face that with. Right. And, and that's why not everybody, uh, not everybody stays with it. The people that stay, I think, realize this transformative power it has, but some people just aren't willing to do that work. Right. They'll, they'll just, <laughs> we were talking about this with reference to my uh, other work with corporate groups and stress proofing and, you know, how the people that do the work have these amazing results and the people that just kind of buy the course show up and then, you know, attend a couple of webinars and do none of the work, none of the, the homework or the reading, just assume that it, at the end they're like, well, it didn't really do much for me. It's like, yeah, you didn't do anything. It's like, it's like somebody, <laughs> you know, buying a bunch of Vlad videos, watching them and then never training, never practicing and then being like, I know Systema now. You know, it's like, you don't know anything. You watched a guy really good at it doing it and that's all you did, right? <laughs> but it's, it's staggering to me how people, there's a disparate thing and it's easy if you're on one side of that divide to criticize or judge people that don't. Um, but it's, I think that's a realization that I've come to. It's like it has the power to help and transform everybody, but not everybody's going to take that chance. You know, not everyone's going right. to use the tools. That's right. And uh, you had asked what I do, and the relevance of that is I've for it's actually been 37 years now as I run around the globe helping companies automate fa- you know factories and machinery because our food and our pharmaceuticals and milk and tires on, you know, that get put on rims automatically and all that stuff is done with machinery. Mm. And when you get launched into some place like that and it isn't either working, doesn't work as designed or it's been hacked or whatever, whatever the case may be. um, If you've had the traditional martial arts experience where it's an enemy that you can sort of see, but you can't just scream and yell and change your persona. Whereas 
with Sistema, it teaches you how to breathe and slow your heart rate down and slow, slow down and look at what's kind of coming at you. And yeah. with doing security work, um, whether it's like a physical security, we're in Sistema class or you're in a you know, mall parking lot or you're doing cybersecurity, it's like a time slice of every moment where you need to be just monitoring what's going on. So whether it's cyber and you're monitoring all the things that are occurring or whether it's like me standing in a parking lot saying that person just doesn't quite look right. It all starts with being relaxed enough to know what the environment is. Mm. And Sistema training kind of allows you to relax enough to not just look at yourself or feel yourself, but be aware of the environment. Specifically with Sistema or stress-proof training, you start to do things where you're aware of an entire environment Mm-hmm. And you hear more than just one thing or you feel more than just one thing. And I, I can remember the times that I was confused up at HQ, which is actually quite often, <laughs> you know, Vlad, Vladimir would tell you, he would look at me and he'd say, you know, monitor the whole room. You know, you're looking at this person, this one thing, mm-hmm. but why don't you just monitor the whole room? Like be aware of the whole room. And so finally, uh, and actually I would give you kudos for the stress proof thing of, how do you how do you monitor the whole room or how do you monitor an entire situation? And there are methods in which you can do that and you become aware that you are just one thing in, in the mighty you know room, planet, whatever. Yeah. And um, it's a it's applicable to however you think about cybersecurity protecting machines, um, you know, protecting entire plants or moving out through situational training exercises with you know, army or gov or whomever, you, you just, you have to be aware of the mm. entire playing field mm. before you can actually say, okay, here's the best move that we can do. So, Hi folks, Glenn here. As Systema for Life approaches its 100th episode, I'd like to take a minute to thank everyone who has contributed to the show, all our listeners, and to everyone who's offered requests, encouragement, and feedback along the way. I also need to ask a quick favor. We have already enjoyed two years of high-quality interviews, insights, and ideas on Systema for Life. We'd like to keep the show going, and we want to keep it open to all, but we need your help to do it. It takes time, effort, and more than little cash to produce a podcast, more than two grand a year at current hosting and production rates. We have no paid advertising, and we do it all off our own backs with help from listeners and generous supporters like you. So if you're a fan of Systema for Life and you get real value from the ideas and the conversations we create, then please take a few minutes now to subscribe at www.ncsystema.com support. Support at whatever level you feel like you can afford. Even $3 or $5 a month is a help. Think of it as buying us a beer or a cup of coffee once a month for our troubles. So visit ncsystema.com support and use the buttons on the page to select your preferred monthly or annual support level. You'll receive a confirmation on sign up and you can cancel at any time. Nice. So, yeah. so, that's, so that's a pretty stark parallel then between the two. It's like the, both in cybersecurity and in like physical security, this situational awareness, this kind of attentiveness to the present moment and what could be happening right now is like a key thing in both, right? So that's an obvious Absolutely. parallel for the two. Are there others that you found and come across that might be kind of surprising things that you might not have done? One, one thing that occurs to me is like with 
Systema training, a lot of the time, you don't know what it is that you're looking for until you've had a chance to practice and learn experience, right? So the process of learning experience, whether you're a student or an instructor of Systema, is a lot about actually learning to see, right? It's not about learning to do more things with your hands and feet. It's like the more that you see, the more that you can observe, and the deeper that you can look into that, then the more potential you have to understand what's going on, and then you can do the things for yourself. So there's things that I could be taught in Systema like six years ago or things that frequently, you know, Vlad or some Martin or somebody better than me constantly tries to teach me and I'm just not ready to see it yet. You know, they're like, no, you have to see the whole room or oh, the hands have to be full and heavy. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, no, you don't get it. <laughs> you just have that blank stare and you're like, oh. and then six months yeah. later or a year later, you'll be in training and it will either with the same person or even just somewhere else. And the context will change, the penny will drop. And then you're like, oh, heavy hands, I get it now. You know, oh, yes. the whole room, I get it. And it will just come. Are there situations like that in cybersecurity as well? Is it like you can't see it until you've done it to an extent? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the difference between what I do and what most people do, most people understand computers. They deal with laptops and tablets and all this stuff. And they think, okay, cybersecurity is all about protecting the applications and data that's on this thing that is a computer. Mm -hmm. um, with industrial control systems and that whole cyber thing is you have to break down all the elements, which include mechanical systems. And then the, the control systems are kind of like the brain and the nervous system. And then the mechanical systems are kind of like the muscles mm -hmm. and people want to just get to the, how do I hack this robot or how do I do something and make unintended consequences happen? Well, mm. in order to actually do something useful or destructive or protect something, you have to understand every single layer of that. And there's a saying about, you know, security requires thoroughness and thoroughness stands in the way of being done. So nobody wants to you know, deal with security, right? Because yeah. it requires being very thorough. Mm. And so, what I, what I will say is that until you can get to the basic elements, whether it's like um, a robot arm or a loop system that controls it, like if I can make the arm or the conveyor system or the machine, let's say a do simple thing or, or a turbine run out of lube, mm. um, I can make that turbine stop. Or I can do things where I've been in a, an automobile facility or truck facility where I was down on the floor and I can make a truck, an entire truck disappear electronically. You know, I was, I was able to get down into the bowels of all the parts and say, okay. And literally I asked, Hey, can I drive one of these trucks off there just to show, you know, a particular point of, I can make things happen hmm. way down in the lower levels. And most people strive to work at like, you know, Google or high end stuff um, where they're in a carpeted air conditioned area. When mm -hmm. you look at my jobs, where I've done is, you know, I've been to like, you know, Arlington's wastewater facility and you're smelling a paycheck that smells like poo, you know, or, <laughs> you know, or you're, 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 you're the truly glamorous work. That's the exactly. Yeah. You're in a sulfuric acid plant and the training is kind of goes like this, you know, if there's a puddle, don't step in it. If it's dripping, don't look up, you know, it's yeah. like ready, ready to go. So, so it's, you know, it has an element of danger and, and somewhat excitement for people like me, but back to the, back to the original question is that until you understand fundamentals, then you have no, um, I'm going to say no prayer of actually understanding any subject. And I'll give you, for instance, is if you really want to understand something, try to teach it. Yeah. So once you can, once you can articulate something kind of eloquently and say, 
say the fewest amount of words and cover the most amount of ground, hmm. you can hear how well somebody understands something by asking them a question and listening to how long the answer is. Hmm. And if you want to take that one step further is try and teach something. So if you're trying to teach cybersecurity or Sistema, it's really a different way of really trying to understand a subject. And I know when I first approached you, I, maybe at year four or five or six, I don't even know. I said, Hey, I'd like to, I'd like to see if I could be an instructor in training. Hmm. I certainly knew I didn't know the topics well enough, but I also knew that it would force me to really try and understand the very basics elements of moving and breathing and structure and Mm. all that stuff that just, I knew was escaping me and still does. Right. I mean, it's, we just scratch it to to even be able to call ourselves. Once once we master it to some, some aspect, then we go over that hump and then somebody shows us how little we've actually mastered structure or breathing or (laughs) movements. Somebody can always show you more. You know? So, I mean, I guess that's the same in, in a lot of fields, though, that's not unique to Sistema. I mean, probably there's right. levels of football player or basketball player or something. They're like, I'm the shit locally. I'm the man. I can run it around anybody one-on-one. And then they play like at a college level. And they're like, I suck. These people yes. know strategically things that I can't do. They're thinking in different ways. They're kind of bleeding into the rest of the team and being seamless. And by the time you get to professional levels, like, Pff forget about it, you know, and the difference between the top professional teams and the ones underneath, you know, it's like, it's, you're not even playing the same game by that point. And that's, that's how I feel. That's how the scale feels to people coming up through Sistema, right? I, I think um, one of my guys, Brian Marco, he recruited one of his flatmates, Alan Moore. You know both of them, right? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. To our Sistema thing. And, and the way that he, I thought, I thought it was really interesting the way he described it. Um, I think we were going to a seminar with Martin Wheeler in DC. We were traveling up there and Martin, and Alan had only just joined, literally, I think it only joined about a week before. And then his like dipping a toe into Sistema was like a two day seminar with Martin with <laughs> hard floors and beating him up. Oh, he spent most of the seminar going, Oh God. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I can hear him saying that. <laughs> but this I'm perfect actor's diction, his perfect diction, just getting yeah. punched a lot. It was yeah. great. Um, he wouldn't mind me saying that. I know. <laughs> oh, Alan, if you're listening, you have perfect diction. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Um, that. So, but, but the way that, um, he was like, why should I go and train with this guy? He's just like, I've, you know, we've got Glenn here. I've been trained a couple of weeks and, uh, and the way Brian Marco described it, he goes, you know how like Glenn is a badass to us like that. Yeah. And, he, and he's like, yeah. And he goes, well, he's like, he thinks Martin is a complete badass who could mop the floor with him like that way. And he's, he's like, yeah. And he goes, yeah. And Martin thinks the same thing of Vladimir like that. And but Alan's like, how is that possible? But there's levels, you know, the yeah. jump is, is, is not just a bit better, but like so much better that it's like toying with a child, you know, like the difference. Yes. And, and this is what we feel when we work with people at a different level. And, and maybe sh- that's shared, I think, probably against anything that people study that deeply. But it's, it's, but the thing with systemic is you're not just learning to dribble a football, right, or dribble a basketball. You're doing this multifaceted thing, which just kind of gives uh, you skills and abilities in so many different areas of life. So to, yeah. to get good at it, I think, is even harder. You know, like, I mean, if you really wanted to get good at hitting a ball, you'd just yes. keep hitting the ball for 30,000 hours, right? And you're bound to get good at it sooner or later. Like, that's yes. the, the David Beckham path to excellence in soccer was just to take a billion free kicks growing up in Leightonston, you know, just kicking them against the wall. And eventually he <laughs> became the best free kick kicker in the world. And he'd spent so much time playing with teams that he became well-rounded. And, and there he is, you know, that sort of stuff. That's the path to it. But And some people will argue there's some talent and there's only so far some people can go because of what they can see right. or perceive or do. But with Sistema, it's like, it seems like it's hard even to, the, the concepts that you're getting are both at once so basic and so elemental 
like the ability yes. to breathe well or hold your body structure so that it feels like the whole thing's moving at the same time, right? Um, or just to relax completely or relax some parts of the body while keeping others supported or braced. And they shouldn't be difficult things. You feel, you've, you know, on paper, if an alien looked at them and be like, could a human do this? You'd be like, yes, absolutely. Yes. But it's it, saying whether or not you can do it is kind of akin to saying, should a human be able to do like a backflip? Yes, in theory. Right. Like, can I do one now? No, I can't. It would take <laughs> me years, right? And, the, and the, the things that we're looking at doing are almost as difficult as that, but in different areas, right? I, I don't know if I'm making any sense with that. Is, no, is, no, there a is there a parallel with that in cybersecurity as, as well? Is there just some aspects that you can never get unless you start when you're like, 20 i mean you've been doing this for like 30 odd years right it's, if somebody came into cybersecurity now like maybe somebody who's 50 and their their current industry just got destroyed by covid or just changing times and they're realizing that it's not going to work anymore and they have to somebody's encouraging them to retrain in cybersecurity security is there any hope of anybody catching up if they start studying cybersecurity now can they be of any use within five years or not yes yeah so it's funny um the traditional cybersecurity path of securing a computer, there are millions of people who know how to do that. And when you get in massive companies that this person maintains this security system, that person maintains that security system, and people are happy with that. And they'll, they'll do that for their career, you know, and, and mm -hmm. that can certainly be taught. Where I run into problems when I was a kid, I was tearing things apart. I would work on cars. I would, you know, I had interest in flying planes. I had mechanical interest, right? And so mm -hmm. I knew factories were made of, you know, 90% machines and people feeding them and doing stuff like that. And so I just had a mechanical interest. And so when you marry that with electrical things like programmable controllers or things, uh, specialized computers that control these things, it's really hard. It's like finding a Yeti corn. So it's, you're finding a Yeti and a unicorn and you're putting these people together who mm. kind of understand mechanical systems and electronic systems. Mm. And if you have a genuine interest, you can bridge that gap. However, it's, it's like I would have a heck of a time trying to catch up to you in you know, biologies and the way body movement works just because you've been doing it your entire life and it's something you're very interested in. Yeah. And if you don't have a element of curiosity, so most people that go into engineering, after a while, they'll go into management. Most of them, I believe, go that direction because it's very hard to stay interested in technology that constantly changes. Mm. Um, there are fundamentals that never change, you know, strength of materials and, you know, ball bearings and bearings and things that happen in movement of machines. Those things are principles that people that have great memories and memorize all that stuff to become professional engineers and mechanical side. They do that very well and they're interested in it, but they can have a segment of life where they already know it. They memorized it. They're good mm. in the electronics or specifically the cybersecurity field. Um, you have to be interested. You got to have some kind of interest and you need to be thorough. So you need to be able to spot a needle in a needle stack, you know, mm -hmm. so people continue to say, I've got to find the needle in the haystack. Well, the needle looks different than the hay. A metal detector. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> when you're, you know, when you're looking at all these packets flying on the wire and you're creating just millions and millions of transactions on a wire, and you got to go spot the one that is different or one that might be encapsulated malicious. Mm. 
you know, it, it's a different, um, it's a different mentality. So interest drives knowledge. I think if you're interested in something, you will go learn about it. And mm. that's the key. I really think. Well said. So, so something I want to ask you about, because, because you do, I mean, I think you really well as, as a teacher, I've, you know, I've been to classes that you've taught since you became an instructor as well. And I, I love the way that you set things out. You're a lot more methodical than I am, right? I mean, I think I bring Thanks. some of some of my science background to it, right? I, I teach things in terms of, I'm pretty sure this is how your brain will absorb it best because here's a fundamental movement that your body makes. And this is more difficult from a nervous system perspective. So I'll layer progressions of teaching that way. Um, and what I think people can handle. You have a really interesting way of setting out almost like a series of mechanical problems that people have to solve, okay. right? And, and it's, it's, you do it in a completely different way than I do. And I've loved the classes that I've been to that you've taught and other people have said the same thing. Like, and it's, it's very calm and it's very, you're not rushing anybody to do anything. Everybody seems to be able to work within the constraints that you've given them. And then when they're ready, you show them the next thing, right? It's a, it, it seems like you have a plan, but it's not too prescriptive, right? You're not like, oh, after 20 minutes, I'll move on to this and then 10 right. minutes this and leaving people behind, which is a rare thing. How much of that do you feel like comes from en an engineering mindset of like working the problem, kind of Apollo 13 style? And how much of it is just some aspect of your personality that you're just, you're curious about how people are going to absorb things? Because I've seen people who are engineers training Systema and I've seen them fail to get it, frankly. I've seen them try to take it apart so much. They've tried, it's kind of, they get to this kind of reductionism where they're trying to figure out so much about the biomechanics that they forget how to feel or how to hold their bodies. And they're like, I can't possibly control a system this complex. There's too many degrees of freedom, right? And they just, they become like <laughs> malfunctioning Asimo robots or something, right? They just, they can't bring it all together in a seamless human whole. And at some point you have to realize that we're more than just a, se a series of mechanics, right? That there's human interactivity and nervous systems going on here. And sometimes hiding a strike is more important than making it as, you know, as F equals MA hard as you possibly can, right? You can make a strike very, very hard. And if somebody's ready for it, it's right? Then you can make a, a short little strike without much kind of force behind it. And somebody doesn't see it, the effect can be psychologically devastating, right? Yes. So uh, you seem to take that line really well. I'm just wondering whether or not that came naturally to you, or did you have to kind of peel your way to away from the engineer's way of thinking about it? Or but how did you kind of, what was it like from your experience learning and teaching? So, yeah, the, uh, again, for me, I, I think we all do what I would call the fetal position, what's comfortable for us. We start with that. One of the things that I loved about Sistema and specifically the way that you described it is you told me a long time ago is that yourself and Wheeler and, and Vladimir, you show what to do, you, you know, through your movements and through what you're trying to achieve. And in many cases, I would just miss <laughs> what you're trying to show. So it was, it was basically the, I think this is what I gleaned from Vladimir. This is what I gleaned from you. This is what I gleaned from other instructors. Hmm. So I would make my own lessons in my mind. How do I start to get somebody to, to focus that direction, to get the, the meaning of, of what I'm trying to teach without showing them complete step by step by step there's mm. kind of um uh, a way that you can teach somebody is that you show them a lot at the beginning and then you show them very little at the end and by that i mean let's say we're going to steal credentials off a computer let's do so it I, yeah let's do it 
Oh, I, I could might, use a bit of supplementary income this month. I did. I've been looking for suggestions. I was thinking about exactly. pinning. This sounds much better. account go down and yours go go up. So I can show you a tool, and I can say like, first you click on this, next you click on that, and by lesson four, I should just be able to tell you open up, you know, Mimicats and go steal these credits. And so you need to foundationally get somebody where you need them to be first. And then you start expounding on that. And you should be able to say, like, remember back four lessons ago, you, this is the tool you used. And so eventually, like in a week-long class, even with very, fairly novice students, I can get them programming something and hacking something. And it's, these, it's the stretching them and making them work. But you can't start them from, um, from zero. And sometimes, like when I watch your stuff or whomever's um, Vladimir stuff, I know I'm not getting what I'm supposed to, but Vladimir would tell you like, don't take notes and you're getting exactly what you need. Mm. Um, I think some people don't have a frame of reference, even from computers to, you know, Sistema, where do I start? Where do I, where do we, you know, what's the entry point? Exactly. And Mm. so, um, but I, I appreciate the, the feedback is, you know, sometimes you feel like nobody got anything. And sometimes you feel like, yeah, everybody's moving really well. In most classes, people sort of get that. But I would take, you know, like your lesson or, or whomever's lesson. And inside those lessons would be 10 lessons for me. Because you would just like move, move your feet or you move into a space where I couldn't move. It's like, mm-hmm. you knew my next move and I couldn't even move my feet. I'm like, okay, there's a lesson on how do I just take the space where you're going to move, you know? And so, yeah. so it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to break that down a little bit, but um, yeah, but yeah, it's. Well, you've it's, discovered my secret. That's all I do when I go to Toronto as well. <laughs> I spend five minutes with Vladimir. I absorb 50 things that he did, try and break down two or three. And then that's my training from teaching for the next six months, basically. Shameless repackaging. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. told me a long time ago. There's, I don't think you called it nothing new under the sun, but you said you said we were all plagiarists or something like that because we're just trying to glean what it is and put our own little spin on it. But uh, it's sure, sure. I mean, even Vladimir said that before. You know, he's like, there's only so many ways that you can move your hands and feet, right? Like, and that's why so many martial arts movements look superficially the same, right? And yes. by the time you get to something like MMA, in, in some ways, MMA is really interesting because it's kind of like a condensate of like movements from other styles and they've just thrown out things that are florid, right? So like Tai Chi will have like a lot of kind of shoving motions and kind of close grappling things, even when it's done like combat style and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, which are shared with wrestling, but wrestling has a bunch of maneuvers which are basically designed to never get flipped onto your back so that you lose points that way, right? Whereas, whereas they don't care about that in Sambo, for example. And so what you what you end up with is this kind of distilled essence of martial arts, which kind of which basically just compares and keeps the bits that are the same that work in the same way. And then you do see variants on that theme. You'll see MMA guys who have like a karate background and they just, they have like a, their rear straight is a bit different because they worked on it like a reverse punch for so many years, or there's now guys that do capoeira and all kinds of stuff, right? They'll pull off these little fancy tricks, but the the core of it is just kind of a condensate, a distillation of other things that work. But system is really interesting to me because it's, it's almost like the opposite. It's like the goal is not to kind of distill down to a small set of movements that we know a high percentage and are probably going to work and that you're going to score with. It's actually to increase your freedom so that you could potentially see or do anything, right? And that is a tall order, right? That's a, how do you learn to do that? I mean, it's a, and that's where it really gets to 
less of a martial art in the sense of just like combat training towards the end of just winning and delivering points and scoring and doing all those kinds of things and more of like a pure art right where it's like literally it's like how do i take things that people might have done before like take some horse hair and put dye on it and slap it onto a canvas right people have been doing that for a few a couple of thousand years you know in some way or another um or sculpting or did you know or even in music the same thing it's like how is it that we've still got new music there's only so many ways it's not that they've created so many different types of instruments we're still using a lot of the same ones you know but but the the and even the structures in music right it's like that we've we've all agreed that we like these particular intervals and we don't like notes in between them like some people disagree in like arab cultures and china they have these quarter tones that sound often strange to us but kind of sexy at the same time um, but for the most part we, we we've agreed on these intervals and we've all, all agreed to tune our instruments to the same levels and even within that you've got rock grunge thrash metal classical music you know <laughs> just any number of different variations on this on this theme there's so many things you can do and and in a way, Sistema is looking to even get beyond the genres, right? It's, it's not even trying to look like Sambo. It's not even trying to look like MMA. It's not trying to look like anything at all, right? And it's it's just trying to open you up to the possibility that you might be able to solve this problem in a way that you don't even know until you arrive at it, right? Which is, yes. that's that's immense to me. I mean, even in, I mean, whether or not people believe it's possible, some people look at that and they're like, that's ridiculous. That's impossible just to react in the moment to everything. And when people say that, I'm like, look at this, look, I just point at Vladimir doing, <laughs> or, or Martin Wheeler on one of our seminars, and you can see like pure creativity in motion sometimes when that happens, right? It's, sometimes yeah. they're falling back on things their bodies know how to do, right? And as Martin says, sometimes they'll pull off the systemic equivalent of a double left hook, right? He's, it's yeah. in the bag. And so if somebody positions themselves <laughs> in a certain way, they're going to do it. And I do this too, right? There's certain things that if somebody gives me their arm in a certain position, I'm like, oh, that's mine now. You know, it's, there's no getting away. And you obviously see this in BJJ and lots of other things, but but it's staggering to me how like really advanced instructors, like Martin, Michael, um, Vladimir, you know, Emmanuel Manolakakis, like when you see them purely create something on the spot. And, and again, the more, the longer you've trained, the easier it is to recognize those motions. Sometimes like beginners and people outside of it are more impressed by like the big florid things and the, like the big spinny things or some cool acrobatic thing that Vlad does or something. Um, but we're more impressed when we see that he was just there way before, right? That he, he just felt it coming and just positioned himself. And there was no hope for the other guy from the very first second that he thought about approaching or hitting him, you know, and, and the, the solution that comes out of that is staggering to me, but it's, it's amazing. You know, I, I'll never get tired of the idea of training for that and achieving more and more of it in your body. And, and, and I find that it even comes out in other ways, right? You'll find yourself catching things that fall off shelves or just having these weird ninja-like moments, right? Or falling, oh, we talked about, I fell off my motorcycle and we just went into a roll, came back up and That's picked up my bike, you know, completely not a scratch on me. There's like a little scuff on the top of the helmet or something. And these, these little moments of brilliance and you're like, wow, that was the right thing to do at exactly the right time. I wish I could summon that on tap. And in a way, it seems like Sistema is a process of, of getting more and more of that on tap, right? That, that state where you can just flow with anything. Absolutely. And I think back to your comment about beginners will miss it. Until you stand in front of somebody like yourself, Wheeler, Quan, Vlad, Michael, whomever, and you're standing on the outside watching it happen versus standing in front of them having it happen. Yeah brings a total different appreciation to when you are standing on the outside. Like, you know, you normally get the the total thumping for, you know, Vladimir says, where's my friend, you know, and you know that you're going to go get beat up. Yeah. You are 
Yeah. Go and, <laughs> you know, he, he, like, here's a DVD for let me beat on you for two days. <laughs> I think it was the uh, weapons seminars and the uh, clothing as a weapon. Uh, oh, yeah. Improv- Imp- improvised weapons, too. Yeah. Yeah. I got the snot beaten out of me that weekend. That was yeah, a fun oh, one. Yeah. But anyway, when you, um, like, you cannot, I don't think you can fully appreciate it until you're standing there and something just so slow, you know, he might move his body a little bit in that hand, yeah. just like don't even see it coming and wow. And you know, yeah. you're, you're going to get hit. Yeah. You just don't win and you can't prepare for it. And you just miss that. And unless you actually go and experience it. And that's my, you know, go, go train with somebody wonderful. Yeah. And then you'll understand why yeah. it's not, you know, hogwash. It's just, it's, amazing to have that kind of timing and like you say if you're in front of somebody like that they already know when you're going to move and so they can just put you know the yeah. arm leg whatever out and you kind of just move into it and it looks ridiculous and you feel ridiculous but yeah <laughs> that's there it, but there it is anyway you've done it yeah. now to all our listeners and systema fans around the world nc systema have moved all of our regular classes online live streaming group classes via zoom most days at 6.30 p.m. U.S. Eastern Standard Time, plus daytime classes on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Sundays. Please consider this an open invitation for you and your students to join us for the duration of COVID, to come together online, and to keep our skills and our groups alive. Payment is on a sliding scale relative to where you're at and what you can afford. Visit ncsystema.com online to sign up today. Join us. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a really interesting indicator to me of, of when something like that has happened, whether, you know, on the occasions where I managed to pull it off myself or like Vlad just does it on tap all the time and great instructors right. and it's laughter. It's, um, it's, it's the idea that you're attacking somebody. And when you get hit with one of those, there's no animosity and there's no like, Oh, ow. And Oh, some bitch or something. You know, there's none of that kind of emotional tone with it. It's just pure joy at having been so outclassed. It's like playing a game of chess or something and somebody just goes, there you go, look, and they just play one move and you're like, oh, you know, it's just, there's so much respect there that you forget to be annoyed at the fact that you lost or even are in pain or anything. And you just, you hit the floor laughing, you know? And then, and I think that's, um, that's a rare thing. I haven't, you know, I've, I've seen it sometimes in, I've seen videos of like elite Muay Thai people sparring and stuff like that. Right. And American guys who have gone to Thailand or Myanmar and they've been training with the guys over there and really elite guys. And they'll, they'll start sparring with them. And then the guy will just, you know, kind of catch him with a part of his ankle and then kind of flip his leg up and trip his other one. And the guy's like laughing as he goes down because he realizes that his understanding and his timing are on such a back foot compared to this other guy that it's like playing with a child, right? And it's, it's that same emotion. You're like, oh, I'm just outclassed here. This is just hilariously bad from my point of view, right? But it's, yep. but it's you know, it's on tap for them. It's incredible that they can do that all the time. Like if I pull one, three or four of those off in an hour and a half class, I'm quite happy with myself, you know? <laughs> but like Vlad, every second of every interaction is that you're falling into a black hole of not knowing what's going to happen to you next. Yes. You know? So it's... It's, uh, it's fascinating to me. I love it. But So I'd like to circle back a little bit to something you said at the beginning about balance, um, that when you came into Sistema, you felt like you were on a trajectory where, you know, you, you were a very focused guy. You, you have like the, the opposite of attention deficit disorder, right? You have, you have surplus focus disorder. You know, it's very easy for you to put the blinders on and then forget about everything, like eating, going to the bathroom, you know, right. <laughs> anything else could fall away, you know, it's like um, in the middle of it. And, and I get that. Um, and it seemed like when you came into system, you realized that, that you, your life was getting out of balance and it was, it's, you were focusing more on the work. I, I read this, an excellent book um, 
can't remember where the original recommendation came from, but it was by a guy who's, he used to be a research biologist, I, I think a marine biologist. And then he gave up all of his biology stuff and just turned to poetry because he felt like that was a better way of expressing what was going on in the world and stuff like that. And I think he wow, studied okay. a bunch of different Buddhist and uh, like Zen disciplines and things like that as well. And then just started writing books about the experience of life itself. And he wrote this fascinating book called the three marriages um, in which he talks about that we essentially have three key relationships in our lives, right? This is going to sound all very self-helpy and guru-y and stuff like that, but it's not. Bear with me on it because I think you might have something interesting to say on the the far end of this. Um, The first relationship is, as you might think, your marriage to like your spouse or to your partner, right? Um, And he includes in this actually your marriage to your kids, like relationship, if you've got kids and stuff like that as well. But you have like a primary family familial relationship a protective one with a partner that you look after and that's an obvious one and that's the way that's the sense in which we normally use the word marriage right it's a it's an ongoing relationship in which there's like we there's like a, a courting period where you're all excited about it and you meet the person or you've got the new baby or whatever it's going to be right and then there's like a the honeymoon is over period <laughs> where you realize that now you're with this person then you're paying bills and cleaning up poop or doing whatever it is you're doing right uh, and then there's kind of like the mature phase of that where you settle into each other's idiosyncrasies you learn to um, understand and respect them for who they are right and then the marriage will take depending on how much kind of work people put into it right um back and forth and how much they communicate and talk to each other about what's going on the marriage will either get stronger it will like change shape or it will just fracture right it'll go that way and then and i think people tend to look at that as like well how much work am i doing on the marriage am i spending enough right. quality time with my kids or with my wife or where it's going to be and we'll put that aside for a second but he basically says all right now let's take another marriage which everybody has which is to their work right mm-hmm. um and he, he classes work as not just to like the thing that you do to earn some bucks so you can pay for food and shelter but what you feel like your purpose is right so whatever you feel it is if you're a pastor you know that's your work right tending the flock and spreading the word and having people live by principles and things like that you know um for you it's helping people you know through cyber security like for me it's a combination of writing and you know helping people realize things and teaching them systema like helping them do other stuff like that but whatever your work is you have a marriage to that as well right and again at the front end of it, there's a honeymoon period where you're really excited about the new work and you're learning it. And then once you're in it and you're getting paid to do it and you're writing books, you're like, oh God, this sucks. I'm sitting still for 10 hours, 12 hours, right? Is this really what I always dreamed of doing, right? And you might be in the sewage plant, you know, doing cybersecurity, being like, this is everything I dreamed of, this soggy check with poo on it. You know, <laughs> you know there's moments like that in your marriage to work as well right? and that sort of stuff. And then again, depending on how you think about, perceive your work, how much you put into it, how much you kind of converse with it, it will either splinter and you'll start complaining about how work sucks and my boss is terrible and you'll find a reason why that work is no good for you, right? And you'll leave it in the same way as you might leave a spouse, right? Um, or it might change shape or your relationship might get richer with it, right? And then the third one was your relationship with yourself, um, your understanding of your shortcomings and your strengths and how you change over time. You're not really the same. And this obviously has direct relevance to Systema in that we're constantly trying to understand and know ourselves in that kind of Delphic Oracle sense of try to know yourself, including how prideful you are, how arrogant, how quick to anger, you know, how fearful you are about certain things, what your triggers are. And then again, there it is again, right? You have a relationship in the beginning, you're just a kid and you're just happy to be you. And like, I'm nine now. Yeah, I'm 13. And then (laughs) when you're 18, I'm big and I left school and I've got a car and hot girlfriend, you know, that's, and then the honeymoon period is over and you're paying bills. (laughs) It sucks and you're middle-aged. The spread is coming on. You're like, wait, I have to exercise. You know, all these things happen. And then again, 
later on, depending on how much work you do with yourself, how much you read, Mm -hmm. train, understand, think, your relationship with yourself might fracture and you might start to not like yourself or it might change over time. You'd be like, you know what? I'm not the same guy who started Systema 15 years ago. I'm not the same guy who started this work 30 years ago, right? My reasons are doing things. And the central tenet of this book is that you can compare your relationships across the three, right? There are kind of analogies between the ways all three types of relationships with your actual marriage, right? Your spouse or your kids with your work and with yourself kind of develop over time. But the most important thing is not work-life balance. It's not spending equal amounts of time on all three of these. It's keeping them in conversation with each other. It's, it's, it's recognizing that your work isn't something separate from your marriage to your wife, right? The, there has to be a conversation between the two. And there's times when sometimes the work will take precedence and you're, you know, you're working through it and you're doing things. And there's other times when your marriage to your wife might have to take precedence. And the same thing, sometimes your relationship to yourself might be more important than the work or to your wife, right? At that time, you might have to motorcycle across America or something to like to figure out what it is you're doing. And it sounds almost cliched and sometimes, but I think the reason why that people get to like midlife crises and things like that is often because they haven't stopped to think about that. All they thought about was work and how they're going to keep somebody else happy. And then they're like, what about me? Right. Which is where it's sounding self-helpy. But I think this idea of work-life balance, it really made, it changed my concept of that, that the goal is not to try and get to a place where you're doing the same thing and putting in the same amount of effort. It's like, how do I strike a dynamic balance between what I'm doing for a living, who I'm becoming and the person that I love and devote myself to? Did did you, do you have any insights on that as somebody who's thought a lot about balance? Yeah, I, I have actually. And too much our identity is hooked to what we do. So um, I, I, I've known people and I've seen people when they say, hey, you know, I'm such and such. And the next question out of their mouth is like, so what do you do? And sure. so yeah. you're, you're posturing yourself against that person, what they do. Am I happier? Am I this? Am I that? And at the end, at the end of the day, I mean, again, we are just this being looking at ourselves and hopefully trying to pull people up in both our relationship with our wife, kid, spouse, whatever, um, in our working relationship, trying to make the planet fed and better and all that kind of stuff. Spiritually, um, whatever it is people believe, I believe that everybody believes there is something, you know, um, lack of or full on, you know, whatever. And so I think if you get to a point in your life where you're kind of trying to make each relationship better, including the one with yourself, Mm -hmm. then things turn out rosier, you know, and I'm not saying life is a rosy thing. I'm saying that wherever you're planted, whether it's, you know, Arlington's cemetery, Arlington's wastewater facility, Mm -hmm. smell and poo, or, um, you know, in a, you know, a potato chip factory and things smell greater than bread factory. Um, we're put in those places to not really do automation and not really do security. Our, we're put in those positions to help feed people, to help be a good influence on people, and hopefully make the world kind of a better place. I mean, it is, it's just our work that gets us into a position to have our own, in quotes, ministry. So like, when you get put into places 
and you say, hey, you know, Glenn shows up at Duke University and he's walking in or whatever. And somebody says, hey, who are, you know, who's this guy? And you, you have an opportunity then to affect that person in a very positive way or a very negative way. And it's not about, you know, stress proof and it's not about systema. It's about, you know, coining a relationship with somebody and maybe making their day, maybe making it so that, you know, whatever is on their mind is, that was negative is actually positive. And so like mm-hmm. literally I traveled all over the world doing all kinds of things for different countries and all kinds of stuff. And I never felt like that was really the mission of like teaching somebody how to, you know, secure an automation thing. It was never about that. I created a whole bunch of friendships and I created a whole bunch of people that I interacted with and, and relationship wise. And that was just the vehicle to get there. And so Hmm. Again, we have to be in a healthy state in order to do that. And my wife was able to recognize that I was not in a healthy state. <laughs> and Sistema kind of pulled me out of that and said, I don't have to change a personality, especially in a martial arts, to become an effective, um, confident person or, uh, and not, I'm going to say not prideful, but confident enough to say, I can meet somebody, I can shake their hand, I can maybe give them a good word of confidence or something like that. and and not have to be um, like, oh, this guy could be, you know, threatening. So I'm just going to, you know, stand and put my fists up or try to distance. It's like, really, we should be embracing that that moment, you know, and saying, I'm not afraid to embrace that moment. Systemic gives us the platform to do it, to be honest with you. Nice. Yeah, that, that, that makes perfect sense to me. There's There's a lot of conflation between people's individual identity and their work. You know, I, I remember for a lot of years, I was almost like semi- ashamed that I wrote like kids science books, you know, like I'm, I've trained in hard science and I've, you know, I worked at the journal nature in London and all that kind of stuff. So I can think about science in, in terms of like the, the forefront of what's going on. And I can read hard scientific papers on genetics and biochemistry and immunology and stuff like that and keep pace with them. I'm fine. I have that training, but, um, but then I'm writing books like why it's not green and like how how can you burp and stuff like that, which is about kind of well, what things are kids already interested in? What are they passionate and curious about? And then how do I get from that to really fundamental concepts in science that if they understand them, they're like, wow, there's a whole world here I hadn't looked at. And maybe I can go on and study this at university and maybe I'll be the one that comes up with the cure for cancer or COVID now, whatever it's going to be. You know? um, and you don't know what little seed that you've planted there. And, and so I, but in my kind of pride, I would, rather have been like a best-selling you know Stephen Hawking or something like that I'd rather have the professorship and then be like I'm coming from this research background and I'm the world expert on this field and I have the podcast to prove it and that's why I'm talking about it right but but now I'm like no that's that's one I do these things for the same reason in a sense I'm trying to inspire different people in different ways right and the kids books uh, to give kids something of that talking about systemers to help other people you know um, either contextualize their own systemic practice or maybe even somebody else hears this and they start systemic training who's never done it before right and that that was the goal of starting this podcast in the first place really it's just to kind of give a a, con- uh, a context for discussing what it is and what it can do beyond yes. you know beyond the camo image that was like all over the internet at that time you right. know, and that kind of stuff but something that kind of stuck out to me stuck out to me there a little bit is is this idea that you know across the scope of those things you can you can dive into one aspect and have that define you, right? You can dive in and just identify your work. What do you do? Well, I'm a cybersecurity expert or I'm, you know, world's forefront most expert on neuroscience or whatever it's going to be like, that is what you do, right? And 
if if you ask them what you actually do though right if you had to like be completely humble and honest you somebody said what do you do and you don't give your job title you're like mostly i wave wade through tunnels full of poo and then <laughs> describe to people how they can move robot arms and it takes a really long time because they can't see it very well if you had to there was there was a like a meme thing going around on social media a while back which said something like um describe what you what you do in the worst terms possible like the most make your job sound as boring as you possibly can right oh, or as ridiculous and pointless as you can and uh and mine was something like i punch people in the face they pay me for it i do it again right and that was something like that right <laughs> you just belittle what you do to the point and i found that a really interesting exercise if everybody did that it would kind of put them it would make them drop their guard and stop doing this kind of status assessment you know right. like if somebody says you're a lawyer then you're like oh right. okay you know or a doctor it's just like immediately it has this cred but if everybody said what they actually did with a day you know if you're a research scientist you probably spend millions thousands of hours moving tiny volumes of water around like that's what you do right like, beep, 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 beep. once every six months you get to shout eureka because you get a result you know like or yes. something like that you know so if, if we can drop this pretense i think then it's huge but there's also like the what you said about like the courage to not be afraid and confrontational with things right so yes. with an, with another person an interpersonal thing if somebody's being you know difficult with you or something you can start you can put a mask on your fear and you can put your hands up and take a stance which is what that's all about right it's it's like Correct. hooding as a snake or putting your back up as a cat you're trying to show the guy that you're i'm not scared because i'm huge right but you can see who's scared but it's the first person to stance up right and get tense and the person who's standing there nose to nose with somebody else is completely relaxed that's the person to be terrified of right not the guy who's like looks like he's about ready to do kung fu you know so systema teaches us to kind of engage with that in a different way but it seems to me that lesson is there also for those other marriages right not just with other people but sure. to your spouse you know like if somebody if your spouse criticizes you you can take it personally and all this kind of stuff or you can come to it of like well why do they feel that way and you know how can i approach this in a way that's you know that's enveloping and encompassing and with work too like if somebody's giving you feedback at work and you don't like it it seems like it's all too easy to take that as a criticism of your competence and be like oh well he said i did a crap job or you know emailed me and said you, you know you could have done that better then that people take that as a personal affront like they're trying to say that you're not good at the thing that you do for a living and yeah. so your status and your, your threat of being ostracized from the company and losing your income or whatever is all encompassing and then you fire back and you're i hate that guy and there's office politics but if you took every bit of feedback as like thanks awesome yeah i can i can grow from that even if it wasn't offered that way then you've got a you've got a different relationship with your work right nobody can hurt you then because you're already positioning yourself in a way that you're going to get stronger from every strike that somebody gives you so i think this idea of comparing and and pushing and seeing where you can push these ideas into different areas of your life is really really useful and emmanuel manolakak has actually talked about it in our last seminar i think a lot of the time he's like you know take these principles of relaxation and structure and you know move constant movement and like how can you apply that to your you know your other hobbies the things that you know if you play guitar or you ride a bike or you do archery or you know where can you put these things in in non-obvious ways you know you've put all this time into developing the operating system you might as well bring the other things on board rather than keep them running on unix over here or you know, or ios or something right you know you might as well just kind of get the benefits of having these things everywhere and i think that's a really interesting idea yeah i think i think once it's kind of like a bell curve. I think you explained one time is that most people that come into Sistema, they, you know, the skills might be lower, but the expectation is high. And so they want to go through that bell curve of thinking they understand what Sistema is all about. And then eventually when you come down the other side of the bell curve, you realize that 
you've learned a lot of things, but you actually don't know anything. (laughs) And, uh, you know, everything from when Vladimir was teaching us how to walk at one seminar where the, uh, you know, the tension from start from should start from the foot and move up to the hip. And, you know, like I remember one of our first trips there, you know, he's like, you people can't even walk right. You know, he meant that in a loving way, but I was like, what the heck, what is he talking about? I can, you know, we've been walking successfully for for a long time, but, but if you're, willing to investigate that a little bit and say, what is he really trying to say to me? What does he see that I don't see without being offended? And again, you know, I'm, I'm not saying in any of my relationships that I don't get frustrated and don't get mad, but I for certain am a different person. Carol told me once upon a long time ago, is like, you're just a different, you're a different man, you're a different person from being, you know, in Sistema and, it's a great compliment. Again, not perfect by any stretch, um, but it, it's what we strive to, to be better each day. And especially if we can make the people around us feel more comfortable, more relaxed, yeah. it starts to ripple like a, you know, a rock in a pond. So definitely. Yeah. Different days you'll be better or worse, but I think we're all better. We're all better for the attempt, right? We're all better for the attempt of doing it. The effort. You betcha for sure, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I realize we're coming up to the end of our time here. So, um, and you've got other things to do there in Arizona for the rest of your day. I'm clocking oh, off, yeah. but you're clocking on still. So um, yep. if people want to come and train with you, are you able to train right now under COVID? Are you starting to open up or are you still um, kind of hold up? Yeah. My challenges have been is I, I got an office space that I actually have some warehouse space that I started training people live in person. And then obviously the COVID thing. So we have not resumed live training. I had done some Zoom stuff, but I'd also... I won't lie to you is that I traveled in a, in a truck and hauled stuff for an army exercise and a naval exercise. And so some of my, um, some of my training has been up and down with students because of my self quarantine in between every time we come back and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. We've had actually, uh, I think it was six couples in our neighborhood to actually passed away um, from COVID. They were the ones that you wouldn't have suspected. They were the small Asian folks that, were eating, you know, vegetables all the time. They were the ones that actually passed away from it. So I'm sorry to hear that. um, Yeah, it was, it's uh, kind of been a devastating thing, but Hmm. uh, so um, uh, again, if you want to train with me on cyber, uh, I'd be happy to take any questions about that. I I teach officially for SANS Institute and um, for, for Systema, I'll give you my information going to put in there and uh yeah i'll stick them on the show notes because it might be that some people might listen to this very soon well and some people might listen to it six months down the line and who knows we might escape this shite by then so uh, yeah by the time you listen to it maybe you'll be right yep sounds good but yeah thanks thanks so much for today glenn it's always just great to catch up with you and uh likewise keep keep doing what you're doing you're you're dead in the universe i appreciate it same to you brother absolutely take care mate Uh, bye-bye Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about classes, workshops, and seminars at NC Sistema, please visit us online at www.ncsistema.com.